Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Sophie, and we are Double Booked. We acknowledge that this podcast is created on Jar Jar Barung and Wurundjeri Country and pay our respects to elders past, present, and emerging. You can find us on Instagram at doublebooked.podcast, and I'm on Instagram as at katereads underscore. And I'm at sophies.little.library. Welcome to Double Booked. In this episode, we are talking all things Bookstagram. Since last week, we deep dived into a Bookstagram favourite fourth wing we thought we'd kind of bring it back to basics this week and talk about bookstagram as a whole lots of people that follow along on this podcast are from the bookstagram community but there are quite a few people that are not so for those that aren't we'll be talking about what makes bookstagram what bookstagram is all of the ins and outs of what makes up this corner of the internet as always we'll start our episode with our recommendations for the week so do you have a recommendation for me my recommendation this week is BorrowBox, the app BorrowBox. So this is an, an app that you can access through your local library. You can use it to listen to audiobooks or to borrow ebooks to be able to read digitally. This is um, a brilliant resource if you're looking to expand on the ways that you read past the physical books. So I listen to a lot of audiobooks and often have an ebook on my phone ready to go for those moments when you might be sitting waiting somewhere a little bit longer than you expected that you would be. But using BorrowBox means that you can access them for free. So you borrow them for a short period of time. Um, often with with uh, with BorrowBox, you have to put on a reserve for something like you would with a normal library book. But it's um. A brilliant way to be able to access books for for free and to be able to support your local libraries and for those of us that worry about supporting authors and their artistic endeavors as of recently royalties are paid to authors for every ebook and audiobook that is borrowed through borrowbox or through a local library so if you are worried about not um paying the authors for their work you accessing it in this way still means that they are able to be paid for it so that has been a really exciting development in this space of recently there are similar apps um i know that libby is another one that's similar Mm. um i haven't used libby before so i can't really speak to it but i use borrowbox a lot so that's um definitely one that you should all have on your phone brief the next time you need to read when you're out and about yeah i use borrowbox as well i didn't actually know that you could have ebooks through it though I've only ever used it for audiobooks so that's pretty cool and yeah. I love the royalties thing that is that only recent yeah I think it's only as of um mid-year maybe May-ish oh, cool. this year it's yeah it's, it's quite a new thing which is um I think has been has been fought for for a really long time so it's great to mm. see it come, come to fruition that's awesome yeah that's a good wreck that is an excellent app to have on your phone I highly agree hmm. what have you got for us my recommendation for the week is actually another podcast episode it is the Shameless Girls have brought back their In Conversation series. They did this a few years ago and then they said the other week that they kind of ran out of people to interview in Australia because they've done so many people. But they <laughs> went to London for the week and interviewing heaps of people over there. And the first one to come out is Stephen Bartlett from Diary of a CEO. Have you ever listened to his podcast? No, I haven't. I've never heard of him. Oh, I love him. He's so good. He's, he's one of the biggest podcasters in the world. He interviews people on his podcast and then the girl or Michelle from Shameless interviewed him on their podcast mm-hmm. it um it was an awesome episode really good I just love everything he talks about and I think Michelle did a really good job of interviewing him it was a really good episode I loved it sounds super interesting I can't wait to hear it and as always talk about our current reads what are you reading this week I'm reading a very new release called Beatrix and Fred by Emily Spur. So this is about a woman called Beatrix who has one sort of love-hate friendship in a, um, a, colleague, a work colleague of hers by the name of Ray, and then she has this hate-hate relationship with everyone else in her life. She's a bit of a loner. She's really struggling with her mental health. Things aren't going very well for her at all and until she comes across this person, Fred, who is um, this sort of not really quite human otherworldly being and it it's yeah it's been a really interesting read so far and I think that this book would appeal to anyone who loved um Eleanor Olaf who is completely fine it's a bit Mm. similar to that but with sort of a supernatural element um I'm still I think I've got about maybe a quarter of the book to go so I'm not quite all the way through it yet but it um yeah really kept me very invested so far and can't wait to see where things add up for Beatrix and Fred. What have you been reading? I'm reading The Day the World Came to Town by Jim DeFried. Every year during the week of 9-11, I try to read a book about 
kind of the events that happened that day. And I don't know when this started or why it started even, but I, I think the stories that I love the most in general, not obviously about this traumatic event, but is stories of humanity and humanity coming together in like a really intense, crazy time and kind of seeing the stories of like hope and resilience and bravery and stuff come out of these events. So I always try to read, yeah, books centered around 9-11 this week. It just won every year. I don't, yeah, don't really know where it started. But this year, um, The Day the World Came to Town is about the town of Gander in Newfoundland. Have you seen the musical Come From Away? Yes. One of the best musicals I have ever, ever seen, honestly. Yeah. Honestly, couldn't agree more. I think I saw it maybe three times when it was in Melbourne. Amazing. It's, yeah, easily one of the best musicals I've ever seen as well. And this book is about what the musical was about you know what happened in Gander that that day that week all the town people coming together for the planes and yeah it's like a like a deep dive into what the musical was about basically it's really really good it's heavy so it's taken me a long time to get through it I'm probably only I wouldn't even say halfway through it because it's not one that you can kind of binge it's pretty full-on but um really good really enjoying it it's very interesting If you have seen Come From Away, this sounds like the book to read. If you've heard about Come From Away and how wonderful it is but don't know much about it, this is the book to read. It it sounds Yeah, definitely. Yeah, literally set the scene for what the musical is all about. And, um, yeah, I I haven't read this but I've I've watched Come From Away and absolutely adored it and Mm. wish that I had seen it three times when it was in Melbourne. That sounds Oh, so good. So, like I said before, this episode, we're kind of going to deep dive into Bookstagram, what it's about, what this little corner of the internet is like. So, if you want to give us a rundown about what Bookstagram is. Yeah, so Bookstagram is obviously a bit of an amalgamation of two terms here. It's book Instagram. So, we talk about Bookstagram as as an Instagram account that is mostly about books. So, um, Bookstagram is a pretty loose term. The way that people run their Bookstagrams are really different. Some people mm. are, are really holy, this is this is about books and this is all it's about, but um, other people have a, a Bookstagram account that shares much more than that. But Bookstagram generally is a space for people to share book recommendations, book reviews, um, general bookish content. It might be posts or reels or stories, it might be conversations, questions of the day. There's a whole, a whole different range of ways that people curate their bookstagrams and how they um, engage with people through it. You and I have both been on bookstagram for about three years. We both mm. joined in 2020, I think, as a lot of people did, was a bit of a, um, there's a there's a pandemic, what are we going to do that we're, that we're locked down at home? So let's start sharing yeah. all the things that we're reading. Um, that was certainly part of it for me. But the way that we run our own bookstagram pages is probably quite different. So maybe we should take a minute here to talk about what we what we share on our own bookstagram accounts. Yeah, my feed is, I hate it, but I love it. It depends <laughs> on the day. Some days I want to chuck it out and start again. And some days I'm like, this is working fine. So I share, every time I post, a, I only do book reviews really on my grid. I talk about everything and anything on my stories. But just on my grid alone, I post a photo of the book with a review of that book and then I post my favorite quote from the book as well and it kind of goes in alternating order and it makes a very pretty pattern when you open the grid as a whole. I like this, it's easy, but I also find it a bit constricting Mm -hmm. in the sense of like I don't can't really post it. I mean I can. It's bookstagram like grow up Caitlin but (laughs) I can't (laughs) I can't really post anything else because otherwise it's going to mess up the nice order. So I stick to a review of the book quote from the book review of the book quote from the book and it kind of just goes like that you're a bit more fluid in what you post you're, you don't ha- you don't really have a structure to yours do you oh, a bit more loosey-goosey the photo like your photos that you take they 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 follow a really solid theme they're all like a flat lay kind of photo right yeah yeah do you know why though tell me because i'm so lazy <laughs> <laughs> and it's just even though like we'll talk about content in a little bit but i despise posting photos on a grid (laughs) like that's like my most that's my con for Instagram like my most hated part of Instagram is posting the photos so I'm very much like I'll smash it I'll sit down for like an hour and I'll smash out like 50 photos of all the books that I need to review and then I can get around to writing them when I have time but it's purely laziness that's why they're all flat lays 
the wrong there when you get there. I do kind of like yeah. that because, yeah, sometimes taking the photo can be one of the hardest parts and especially if you are trying to make things look different and not mm. like all we the same. But if, if you're really intentionally taking photos to fit a certain theme, it probably lends itself to being a little bit easier, which is something that I am a bit jealous of, to be honest, because <laughs> I um, when I first started my Bookstagram account, I um, didn't have my library that I have now. Um, that mm. came a few months after I began my account. So my photos, I think I've archived a lot of them now, to be honest, because they were pretty crap. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then for a while there, I went through, I had a, a little wooden stool that I would put my books on mm. and take a photo of the wooden stool with the book with the library in the background. And I was going to have all of my photos be the same. Um, and then that just started to get, I don't know, I started to get bored with it. So I thought, oh, God, mm. if I'm getting bored with it, probably everyone else is too. So um, when I got. See, I thought that. And then, sorry to cut you off. I thought that about mine. And then I did, I've done like, every time I have this moment of like, I need to change my theme. I don't like it. I put a poll up on my story and every, I reckon I've done 10 and every single time everyone votes to not change it. And I'm like, well, (laughs) if you're not bored, then I'll just carry on. You got to give the people what they want. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I love those photos of your library though. They're so beautiful. My library and my shelves really do form a backdrop to a lot of my photos though. So that's, um, that is sort of a default theme for my photos. It's either my hand holding up a book and the shelves in the background or it's the library as a whole or the odd reel of me trying to bring some sense of order to the absolute <laughs> shambles that are my shelves. But um, yeah, my, my photo style has changed over time. But when I got my reading chair um for my 30th Mm. birthday three years ago that the color of that is beautiful like deep tealy kind Mm -hmm. of I love it so much and that color has sort of flowed through as a bit of a theme I suppose for my bookstagram feed as well so I start to notice when I look at my feed if I haven't had the chair in it for a while it does starts to look not like my feed so I need to put (laughs) some more photos of, of the chair in there or have that you know form part of a backdrop or whatever it might be so I do tend to share reviews recommendations book stack photos um just sometimes it's just a photo of the library or of me or sometimes it's starting a conversation asking a question just wanting to know more about other people's Mm. reading habits um I try really hard not to be too prescriptive about what I want this to be I think for a long time I was really stuck on the idea that it's a bookstagram account. I'm here to share books. That's all I can share. But yeah. for me, it's not. For me, it's also my public account that I can share things on that will reach a wider audience than um, what my personal account would be. You know, I'll often use this mm. to share oh, lots of things from businesses that I love to cafes and restaurants that I like to frequent to my political thoughts about things. I, I sort of have not really shied away from the bigger issues on my bookstagram as well, which I think can be a bit of a tricky thing in the bookstagram space. It, it's really, mm. you know, everyone everyone does their account differently and you might be there just solely for the, the book content. You might be there for more than that and um, that's where the beauty of it lies. We all engage in that space in a really different way. So, Do you use your bookstagram more than your personal account? Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, same. I'm like very, very rarely on my personal account anymore. Mm. Like check what my mates are doing and then pop back over. Yeah. And I, I probably use my personal account to share funny things that I see with people more than to actually post on. Like, mm. yeah, it's um, I spend a lot more time on my on my bookstagram account, and I don't know if part of that's because I want to be there, or part of that's because I feel like I have a bit of accountability that I have to be there. I have to show up and engage mm. in this space probably more than I do. Like, I spend, I still spend time on my on my other account, on my personal account, but I probably, yeah, I don't engage with people as much yeah. on that one because I, I kind of don't have to but yeah no I feel that on that note do you how do you feel about keeping up with content and yeah posting and kind of that expectation of being present it can be really tricky I think when you know when I really want to be present in this space and really want to be engaging with people and, and sharing I want to be able to be always in a moment where I finish a book I write a review or I write a recommendation mm-hmm. And I share that with people instantaneously, but more often than not. I'm not that not, person. Yeah, more often than not, <laughs> that's not at all what it is. You know, I, I will finish a book and it will be the middle of the night or it will be early in the yep. morning or 
I'll be finishing that and then moving on to do something else. And, um, and then, you know, you do that two or three or four or five times and all of a sudden you've got books that are lined up waiting for reviews mm. and that gets really overwhelming really quickly. And I think being really aware too that this is, this is a space that people create when they want to share their love of books, but it's also not a space where you are paid to do that. Yeah, and exactly. The amount of unpaid labour that goes into a passion like reading, you know, we, we create bookstagrams because we, we like to share what we're doing, but it can very quickly become very labour intensive and that's mm. that then can really suck the joy out of reading. It, it turns into not reading because we love to read or because you want to read, but reading because well, it turns you have into to, a chore, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, you have to keep up with content, you have to post reviews, you have to keep mm. engagement up, you have to all of those things and that's not a fun way to be reading. It's not a fun way to mm. be yeah, to be engaging. But but having said that, the pressure of that, is that pressure that we put on ourselves? Or is that pressure that oh, 100%. you know, it's not it's not Bookstagram's fault. It's it's often what we put on ourselves, but how do you feel? How do you go with, with keeping up with content? What does that look like for you? Um, not well. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I said before, actually despise taking photos and putting it. It's like I actually hate it so much, posting photos. Uh, stories all the time, nonstop, happy to just talk rubbish there, no stress. But posting a good photo for me is honestly so painful I used to be really good, post like multiple reviews a week. I reckon I'm lucky to post one review a month now. Like my feed has no, like it doesn't change. (laughs) And a lot of people I find message me being like, you should totally read this book. I'm like, yeah, I have. They're like, this one on your page. I'm like, yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I reckon I'm easily like, oh, I I could not even tell you. I've got a spreadsheet of books that I still need to post the review for. And I'm too scared to open it because I reckon there's, oh, there's got to be 40. 40? Yeah, that I have never posted a review for. So I think I'm I like, I'm like, do I just scrap them? But I'm like, some of them I really liked. And I'm like, I read them so long ago that I, I can't write a review for it now because I don't remember. 40 is actually out of control. I Over the I weekend, know, I, know. I, um, I had 12. I had this. I had this moment where I counted them up and realized that I had 12 books sitting there that I wanted to review that I hadn't. And I, even that was, that was too much for me. I, and I instantly, I went straight to right. Which ones can I cut? Which mm. ones can I do a mini review of just on my story? And which ones do I actually really want to put on the grid? Do you find the pressure to review or post or like comment on every book you read? Or are there some books that you read that you're like, yeah, it was fine. Don't need to talk about it. Carry on. There are definitely some books that I think I don't need to comment on. But then the hard thing is, and this is, we'll talk, I'm sure, about this again soon too, that sometimes I read a book and I think this book is so popular. There's been so much said about this. Do I really have anything else to add to this? And if I don't, it's not really worth me putting any thoughts to it. But then the the books that I read that I go, oh, my God, this book is amazing. I haven't really heard anything about this. Like I'll, I'll write something to that and I'll post that and then that one gets next to no engagement so it's interesting yeah you know how that kind of works but do you say I have my bookstagram I don't have it set as a business account I have it set like as just like a personal normal account so do you find that maybe that creates more pressure in the sense of like you can see your engagement and like not just likes and comments but you can see like views and impressions and you know all this other data that you can tell if a post hasn't gone that well, whereas I'm like, oh, I got X amount of likes. Yeah, it's good enough. Like I don't get yeah. any other data. Yeah. Oh, and I think that your way is a better way to do it really. Like uh, not ignorance is bliss in a lot of ways, but I, yeah. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say that I track my stats very much. Like I don't, I don't really, I don't look often to see how well a post is done. It's probably more that, out of interest for me, those ones that I know aren't going to be the ones that people gravitate towards or if there's mm. not, not those books that are really talked about or sometimes I'll go back, you know, I'm not I'm not one to post and then be checking it, you know, mm. every day to see how it's done. But I might, out of interest, you know, four or five weeks later, go, oh, I wonder how many people saw that and think, oh, mm. oh out of my, you know, somewhat close to 4,000 followers, maybe 25 people liked that. That's interesting. 
like that yeah but then you kind of gauge then what to post yeah but but then then you're like do you do it for the no and I never do I never change it like I I look at it I go oh that's interesting but I don't stop doing what I'm doing so I think oh no stuff it this is these are the books that I'm reading and that I want to share and that's that's what this is about and for those 25 people that liked it maybe four of them would read it and send me a message and say they loved it and like that's enough for me that's really what it's all about you know I totally agree it's it's funny like do you like we love books obviously we've got a bloody book podcast (laughs) but like do we yeah do we post I mean I don't and I know that you don't but like in general do people post for the likes for the comments for the Mm -hmm. shares for whatever like do you think that's a whole other side of bookstagram that obviously you and I don't overly care about yeah Yeah. I, I think that that's another side of bookstagram but I think that that's also a bigger conversation about social media as a whole and, and what mm. we do it for and, you know, are we really here to share our, our thoughts? Are we really here to engage? Or are we really here to get, you know, a lot of likes and a lot of people mm. thinking that what we say is important? Is that is that validation for, for us as a, as a person or is it is it just a space for us to share what we think and, and to know that however people engage with that is enough? It's, um, mm. it's yeah, social media as a whole, I, I suppose, is that... It's, it's yeah, a it's big, interesting. Bigger conversation. Mm. So we've touched on a few things that are a bit tricky about Bookstagram, but let's have a chat about one of the biggest parts of why Bookstagram is such an amazing space to be in, and that is the community and the way that we can engage with with like people and the friends that we can make through it, and the reasons why we really need to stop saying internet friends and real friends because <laughs> it's amazing the amount of of people that we've connected with through this platform and how much they have become friends in real life. So mm. how do you find this side of, of Bookstagram and, and the community that you're able to engage with? Oh, easily my favourite part of Bookstagram. I mean, books are great, yes, but connecting with people from not only even just in Australia, like all over the world, everyone, so, you know, so many different people. It's just the most wonderful part of Bookstagram. And I think, like you said before, most of the people that I follow and who follow me, we all kind of started it in that 2020 COVID lockdown time in our life. And a majority of the people that I talk to regularly are in Melbourne and Melbourne obviously had the harshest, longest, most brutal lockdown. So I think a lot of people kind of came together during that time. And yeah, like you said, internet friends became real life friends. When, when things opened up, we caught up, you know, one of my closest girlfriends now we met through Instagram it's so oh and you obviously (laughs) you don't count you're just here forever (laughs) but (laughs) thanks (laughs) yeah you're stuck with me now (laughs) but um it's just so wonderful and I think I I don't know about you but like obviously COVID being a nurse in Melbourne it wasn't a great time for me Mm. for the last few years kind of yeah, it was pretty grim there for a while. So I think I used Bookstagram a lot as like a real escape. Like it was just this pocket of the internet. It was this pocket of my life that had no crap, basically. Like it was purely just people talking about the books that they were reading and everyone was reading so much because everyone was sitting around doing nothing. Well, when I wasn't at work, but (laughs) we kind of all had that thing in common. I think relationships grew so much during that time and kind of just carried on now that we are pretending that COVID's not a thing. Yeah, yeah, it's not a thing anymore, right? Let's just nah. keep doing nah. that. Yep, all good. Yeah. Nothing to see here. <laughs> but I think, yeah, just the community, the just the wholesomeness, that's the only way I can describe Bookstagram. It's just, it's so wholesome. Like, when have you ever been in a community so with, like, like people who just are so like-minded in the sense of, like, people just enjoy reading and they enjoy talking about books and sharing books and, like, that's just such a special like books are just a special, such a special thing that brings everyone together, and to have that on a little app in your pocket every day, so wonderful. It's the best part. Knowing that whatever whatever the weird thing is that you get hooked on and that you love to read about, <laughs> someone out there is going to have that same little weird thing and want to talk absolutely you know, all day about it. Like it's 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 just an amazing way to connect and those niche things as well about you know the books that you read in childhood or the the things that you Mm. loved as a teenager and those things that come up in conversations with people just you wouldn't come across this in another way like Mm. you wouldn't 
there's not a lot of places where you can just cut through all of the stuff that you don't really want to be talking about and just talk about the thing that really matters to you in that moment. And, and yeah. that's, that's reading. And it just, to your, to your point about making friends that have become people in real life that, you know, there is, there's a, there's a number of people in Bendigo where I live that I, I would never have mm. known that I feel so grateful to know now and to have conversations with and, and to, um, you know, have done buddy reads with and then being able to catch up in real life and talk about these these books. And um, a great example of that is um, A Little Life. There was a, a, a there was, I think it was four or five of us in Bendigo that, that read A Little Life together. And this is a book, if you haven't read it, that re- you really need support to read because it's, it's mm. heavy. It's a heavy book. And we went out for brunch afterwards and just talked about, we didn't talk about much. We didn't really know each other in real life at all. And we didn't really talk about anything else at that time apart from the book that we'd read and, and how we felt about it and for anyone that knows me like that's that's right up my alley because mm. small talk is just a general <laughs> horror of life for me and I can't ever get through that fast enough to get on to, to the conversation about what, what really matters and what I you know really what I really find yeah important and, and that yeah that was a really great example of people that I met on through Instagram through bookstagram becoming people that I was able to transfer across into real life and um, yeah, just in, in a small, small, small ish community like Bendigo is it's um, there's so many people on this platform that are, that are from my area and it's, yeah, it's an incredible, incredible part of the, of the bookstagram community to be part of. So. But even you and I, like we don't live overly close to each other, No, but like have made it work so many times, caught up all the time, mm. caught up with one of our, one of our other girlfriends, Chelsea, like just, mm so it was just so easy yeah and that's why I think because when you have a common interest it like say books it's so easy to build a further relationship from that like there's often times that we catch up where like we barely talk about books and we get to the end of you know catching up and we're like what are you reading yeah <laughs> what are you, what's the go Yes, we, it's almost like the other way. Like we we don't do the small talk of of general life in messages. We do that that about books. And then when we see each other, we're like, "Oh, what else is happening yeah. in your life?" Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Let's talk about a really big part of Bookstagram and thinking about the fact that Bookstagram really exists for two purposes here. The first purpose is what we've just talked about: building community, sharing our reviews, our likes, the books that we're reading, having those conversations. The other side of it is that it exists to promote books. So this is a really big PR opportunity for publishers, for authors, um, and part of that is advanced readers' copies or ARCs for short. Um, you and I both have quite a different experience with advanced reading copies or review copies of books and I think we should talk about that. So tell me, what do ARCs look like for you and how do you engage with these in your bookstagram? I think when I first started Bookstagram, it was obviously very exciting, like the opportunity to read a book before it's out on the shelf and review it. Like that was so exciting. I just thought that was like the coolest thing ever. I was like, I've made it. I've got like 200 followers, but I have bloody made it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so famous. (laughs) I'm so famous. I think as I've, you know, continued over the years, I think not that that's like worn off. Like I love getting asks from authors that I love, but I'm very selective now about books that I say yes to. I think A, my TBR is so long and you know, we've spoken about my shelf. Like I have over a hundred books on my shelf that I haven't read. Do I need to be saying yes to more books? No. No, I don't. (laughs) Do I say yes to more books? Yes. Yes, I do. (laughs) But I just think like I'm very selective now. There's definitely been plenty of books I've knocked back um, over the last probably 12 months that I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like I'm happy to buy it when it comes out if I'm interested in it basically, but like I just don't have the capacity to read it at the moment. And I'd never want to take that opportunity. Like if I only have a set amount of arcs to give, like I'd never want to take that opportunity off someone else if I'm like, oh, I just, I really, I don't want to read it or Mm. I can't read it or I don't have the space to read it. Like 
I just wouldn't want to take that opportunity off someone else. And I wouldn't want to do a disservice to the author being like, yeah, absolutely. And then you don't read it. Like, I just think it's, I don't know, I just don't see the point in it. I think that's but, a really respectful way to respond to people too. It's not just like, no, I don't have time for the book. But like, if you're really thinking about the fact that other people might be there really, you know, yeah. waiting and, and ready and willing and you don't want to take up that space for someone that might be able to engage with it. That's, I think that's really respectful. Yeah, but I just think, like, if I can't give it my 100% and, like, I'm very guilty of this in the past and I have a lot of, not regret, is regret the right word? No, probably, like, shame almost. I'm not really sure what the right word is, but, like, I've said yes to a book and it's still on my shelf Mm. and it's, like, I just, I feel. It's guilt. It's guilt. Is it guilt? Thank you. Lord, help me. (laughs) I, um, I, yeah, very, like, a lot of guilt around that and I see these books on my shelf and I'm like, oh like it's still their there. publication date has passed like that's two for lack of ago. a better term yeah I was like I fucked up <laughs> for lack of a better term like that's how I feel mm. no, I'm gonna get to it one day but like that was not the point of them sending me that book like that's really poor form on my behalf so I'm really really selective now about what I say yes to it's really tricky I think too like I know I've sort of made this point before that what we what we do in in the bookstagram world is it, it is a love job like we don't get paid for this we're not paid anywhere's you know so if something comes through and you're not feeling it like what's the obligation there like do you is it mm-hmm. you know the goodwill of someone to send it to you that you're obligated to to read it and review it but then yeah it's it's an interesting it's an interesting sort of concept well it's unpaid work isn't it really yeah, I mean it's it's promotion, you know, in in exchange for 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 a free a book, but book. It's, you know. Yeah. But you know, and actually on that, I've just reminded myself of something that I really wanted to talk about in this episode. Anyone that's on Bookstagram would have read, or anyone that is on Goodreads or Storygraph or similar mm-hmm. would have read reviews from people that have said thank you to the publisher who's given me this book in exchange for an honest review. Mm-hmm. Is that familiar to you? Like that, that yeah, word? Yeah. As someone who gets a lot of books from publishers, never once ever has a publisher said to me, I'm giving you this book and I want an honest review. No, not once, never. Ever. I don't get it. You know what? That. It's actually more times. I think it's more times than not I've received it and been like, no stress if you don't want to post it. Like, we just love for you to have it. Absolutely no pressure at all to post a review. Read it and if you love it, post it. If you don't, no stress. I feel mm. like that's more common. Yeah. It's just a really interesting thing. I'm like, is this something that people have like heard the lingo for and think that's what they should be saying and they post that? Mm. But I just, it's a really strange thing to me that, that people will often say that because yeah, it just, it doesn't ring true for me in my experience. Do you think, do you think people say it because if they give like a five-star review, they want people to know that it's legit? Like it's their way to like show like, I promise this is my words. Like I promise I'm being legit about this. Yeah, they're trying to be really authentic about the way that they're reading yeah. it. And I think that's important too. Um, but yeah, just the wording around it's just really interesting. I don't know. Because um, I, I do get a lot of advanced reading copies. Um, mm-hmm. I probably now would, I get a lot more um, review copies of books as in final copies of books that are that are finished that are maybe you know a month from publication that that tends Mm. to be what I what I receive at the moment um I do receive the odd advanced reader copy which I I do love them I love the opportunity to be able to read things before they are sorry can I just pause for a second I actually don't think I know what's the difference between an advanced reader copy and a review copy should I know what this is no so no so an advanced reader copy is a a, like a proof copy that's like close to like the final edit but is not necessarily what will be on the shelf so you might it normally says that on the cover doesn't it like it's like not even a real cover sometimes it'll yes it's often not a real cover or not a final cover and it will say at the bottom uncorrected proof like not for Mm, not for resale or not for not for quoting or like something similar to that and I, I find that difficult sometimes because uh, you can't quote. So I'd be out. Well, yeah. <laughs> my whole bookstagram is a quote. So thing. like, maybe that's why I don't, I don't, I reckon, I don't think I've ever received one like that then. Because And you can't quote them because that what, what ends up on the shelf might be really different to what you quote yeah. from that. So you can quote them. It's just, you're meant to confirm that, that a quote that you use is, is in the final copy. Um, you can still review them and still say what you thought of the story, what you thought of it all, but it, it's more like those specific line by line quotations that are tricky because then if, if what you quote's not in the final copy, that's, you know, it gets a bit, a yeah. bit messy. So quotes aside, like what if you review 
say like on my bookstagram for example i do like a solid book review so if i do that of a advanced reader copy and i say like all this stuff i loved about it and then the book comes out and like that whole scene's cut for example like how does that work how do you do a review of a book that's not done not working in publishing or editing, my understanding of it is that by the time it gets to an uncorrected proof copy that is sent to reviewers and publishers, the narrative is is what it is. The like story it's well is, it's more the grammar sort of things yeah. that are changed. Like it's it's a little bit I yeah, the structure of the story is set, the the scenes are set. I I don't know that there's a great deal of change in that mm. side of things. Um, surely because you couldn't send out review copies for someone to review a book and then change half the book yeah and that's yeah I think that you know these these books are more than just the gist of the story it's essentially Mm. what the story is unless there's any great glaring issues and and more often than not I read these and go well there's nothing I can't I can't see anything wrong with this story um Mm. I don't know why it wouldn't be published like it is at times I've read them and I've gone oh that's a grammatical error or that's punctuation mm. not used or whatever it is and I found that that will be picked up and, and fixed in the final copy so which is why I much prefer review copies which mm. are final copies of books that will be published within the next you know month or so but when I get sent a review copy of a book it is the final copy of a book I just get it a little bit sooner than everyone else so pretty much yeah um, same I think yeah. they're definitely the ones that I get as well yeah which I think is is for me is the way to go because I know like you said, exactly what I'm reading is exactly what everyone else will be reading. So yeah, um, that's that's my favourite sort of advanced copy to get. Um, I am lucky that I I do receive review copies from quite a few different publishers, um, which a lot of people ask me how that how that came about. So I thought I would talk a bit about. Please do because I'm yeah. not hooked in with any. I don't work with any publishers, so. Yeah. So for me, the way there's a couple of different ways that this has worked with different publishers. So um, the general way that you can you can get onto these sorts of lists are to go to any publisher's website. Go to the there was always a link for publicity or media, um, and there is always a a a general publicity contact on there. So I Mm -hmm. would have, you know, three years ago, I, I would have sent emails to them all saying. My name's Sophie. This is my Instagram handle. This is what I like to share. Mm-hmm. This is what I prefer to read. I like to read these sorts of books. Um, this is my address. If you have any space on your reviewer list or like your blogger list or whatever it might be, I would love to be added to them. Um, or if you have like a um, a blogger highlights email that you send out monthly, mm-hmm. like I would love to be added to that list. So um that that was sort of how I started with with quite a few of them and the biggest thing for me was that I would find specific books that I was really excited about so for example Penguin um at the time that I was trying to get onto their blogger list was a bit tricky to to manage there were, I think there was just there was lots of people lots of bloggers lots of reviewers that were you know maybe had more more followers or engagement or whatever it was than me um, but then I was really excited for Fiona McIntosh's new book, mm. which, you know, this was like three years ago. I, I must have either had, no, I didn't even have the blogger highlights then. I had, I just had the general publicity address and I emailed them and said, I'm a huge Fiona McIntosh fan. Her new book, whatever it was then three years ago, I can't remember now, um, is coming out soon. I've read all of her books and loved them. I would really love an opportunity to review this early. I have this Instagram account. This is, this is where I'll be able to share it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they responded to me and they sent me sent me one of her books. And then since then, I was added to the blogger highlights um, email yep. that came out monthly. I was added to the distribution list. I started getting things randomly. So um, sometimes requesting a specific book was it has been a really great way to get onto those lists so mm, that's a good um, tip yeah and then thing a, a lot of different publishers have a blogger highlights or a you know new release highlights or something similar where they will have specific publicists listed underneath those books so then you have the contact for that particular book that you might be interested in and mm-hmm. that's a really great way to be able to request specific books the other part of this though which is an interesting thing to consider is that I also get sent a a high number, a really high number of unsolicited. Mm, that's what I was about to ask. Yeah. I was literally about to ask that. So I'm like, once you're kind of hooked into these lists, do they just send you anything? Yeah. Because that I stresses will, me out. I, I will say they, they send me 
there, there must be different distribution lists for different things. I get sent a lot of unsolicited books, but they are usually belonging to a genre that I would really like to read. So mm. they're, they're not sending me sports memoirs. <laughs> yeah. Like they're sending me things that they think that I would like to read. Um, Which and, is like, it's a good and a bad thing, I feel like. Yeah, I agree. It's um, it's wonderful for expanding my reads past what I would be looking for. Mm. Um, but then it also adds a great deal of pressure to yeah. an already heaving TBR, which is why I've created a rule for myself, which mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would benefit from and probably a lot of people do a similar thing. But I learned really quickly that I can't read all of the books that people send me and I actually yeah. am not obligated to. I haven't asked for them. They send them to exactly. me and it's an unsolicited thing. That's fine. They send them to me. It's a bit of a risk that they take, I think. So my rule for myself now is that if I ask for a book, I am obligated to either read it, post about it, post a story about it. I have to share it. I have to do my bit for yeah. the PR because that, that's what I'm essentially engaging in when I request it. Um, more often than not, I, re- I request a book, I'll receive it, I'll read it, I'll love it, I'll post about it, everything's hunky-dory. Yeah. Sometimes I get them, I read them, I don't love them, and then it's like, oh. what like what do you do then? Like that's that tough. is the That has to be the worst part of mm. arcs and review copies and everything, mm. like getting a book and it just falling short and you're like, shit, yeah. like, what do I do? What do you do? Yeah. Oh, it makes me feel sick. It actually does. It yeah. really gives me anxiety. I don't like it. Yeah, it's it's awful, and a lot of my, my friends will know that if they see a post from me that has mostly the synopsis of a book and not much yeah. of how I felt about it, I probably didn't really love it. <laughs> That's um, so true. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I I have really allowed myself and given myself permission to say, if people have sent me books that I haven't requested, I am not obligated to read them. I might be interested in them, and maybe one day I will get to them, but it's not on me if I don't read them and that's, oh, that's been quite freeing for sure. because I think for the first for the first probably year or so where I was getting those review copies there's, there's a certain amount of imposter syndrome that comes along with that yeah. and like you know oh I've, I've got myself on onto this I have to like earn my keep you know for but sure like I don't think that they're actually really tracking it a lot of the time they just send them out <laughs> and hope for the best like yeah they actually care I'm not sure that's right I think um, with me, like the the most review copies I get is p- like authors person, not like their PR company, not their their people. <laughs> is their it's yeah, people. It's them specifically messaging me on Instagram, being like, "Hey, Kate, you know, I love your page. I have a new book coming out. I'd love for you to read it." And like, how wonderful! Like we spoke about this in a previous episode. Like someone coming to you saying, "Hey, I've read this book. I think you'd like it." is so wonderful but like saying hey I've written this book I think you'd like it so special but the pressure it actually is so overwhelming that's why I don't say yes to many because it is it makes me so anxious because I'm like you've just said that you've put your bloody life's work into writing this book and you I came to mind somehow you've seen me on Instagram and you've said hey I reckon Kate would like it. I'll send it to her. What if I don't? What if you hate it? What, do you what do if then? I hate it? What do I do then? Like it's even more pressure. You know, when a publishing company sends you a book and they just send whatever and they're like, yeah, cool. Yeah, you might like this. Hope for the best. When the physical author contacts you, like they're waiting with so bated breath for your review. No, don't. don't. There's <laughs> so many sitting on my shelf that I just feel sick about and I know I'm going to love them. I know I will, but the pressure really is overwhelming for me. Mm. I hate that side of it too. And I I must say I don't have a lot like that. I've had um, a few authors reach out to me recently and I that's I find it really hard to say no to people, but I've started mm. saying no to authors that have reached out to me because that exact reason and I don't I don't know. Are they do they really think that I'll like it or are they just reaching out because like they're just doing that with a lot of people? Like I find that Well also difficult. true. Also um, very true. Yeah, but then having said that, there is one recently that has reached out to me that it was a collection of short stories and I've read one of them so far and I've loved it. And oh, that's, that's good. So, like, you know, sometimes it's great. But um, Oh, I found some of my, you know, my most favourite books this way and, like, how special. Mm. Like, that's so special to have that opportunity. 
but the on the other hand when you don't when you don't vibe with it and you've just been sent it it's it's just it creates a whole other can of worms of yeah what the obligations are what and you know you I'd never ever and I don't do this with being sent a book bought a book whatever get on Instagram oh listen I have a few times but like I don't (laughs) regularly get on Instagram and trash a book so Mm. like I would never do it if I got sent one Mm. so then are they getting an honest review the reason that that you will have authors reach out to you to say that they think you might like this book is because you've been able to connect with them through bookstagram so let's talk about the way that we can connect with authors through this Mm. platform and how that changes the way that you read a book so do you have a, a number of authors that you speak to on Bookstagram or how do you find this part of the platform? Yeah, I do. It's so strange to me. Like I just, I think before starting Bookstagram, like authors were just on this, this sounds weird to say, but we're kind of like on this upper level that I'm like, you don't talk to them. Like yeah. they're the stars. <laughs> they're the talent. They're the talent. They're the talent. But they're it's the, talent. the commoners. <laughs> Literally. And so kind of like once connecting with a few of them, I was like, no, you're all just actually normal people. (laughs) (laughs) Just hoping that people like your work. (laughs) I know. Isn't that so weird to say? But I just think that like I would never in my wildest dreams think of like chatting with authors online. Mm. And now they want to chat about like random things or like send me their book or like how this was so strange to me yeah it's it's amazing how much it brings you into the same orbit as these people and like I great example of this is that I I love Belinda Alexandra novels I've I've Mm. loved them since I was 15 16 years old I've read every single book she's ever written um you know, I, I would never have imagined when I was 16 in, in my bedroom whipping through White Gardenia thinking what an amazing story this was and knowing that this was based on this author's life and just, think, you know, rereading that book through the years and thinking about how amazing this novel was that on my 30th birthday that someone in this wonderful community would arrange for her to, to take a video of herself saying happy birthday to me and send it to me. And now we're friends oh on gosh. now we're friends on Instagram and like she would like send me things about her about her book club that she's just started with Natasha Lester, who's another historical fiction author that I really admire. And I'm like, who how is this my life? Like talking to oh, yeah. these people. How is this, like, real? this is wild to me. <laughs> You're like, I'm just sitting at home in my library reading my books. Like yeah. you don't want to you don't want to talk to me. Yeah, I'm nobody in this world. You're like this big That's short what author. I feel like. <laughs> Yeah, like we don't get paid to do this. Like we just like really like books. Mm, books are just so great. <laughs> That's why I was like, we're just little dorks. Like you don't need to chat to me. That's what I yeah. feel like. I'm like, you're you're busy. You're very important. You're very busy. You don't need to take your time up with me. But then isn't it so funny that when you finish a book that you know that the author is on Instagram, that like, I don't know about you, but if I really love a book, I will I will often message them and say, oh my mm. God, I've, I've just finished this book. Like, it's just, this is what I loved about it. Like you blew me away, whatever it might be. Like, this is what I connected to. And usually it's within minutes that they're like, oh, thank you. Like they'll, they'll yeah. be right back with you for that conversation. And I think like as an author, and I don't know, I'm not a writer, but to to pour your heart and soul into something and then send it down into the ether, like mm-hmm. you kind of wait for those more formal reviews in the paper or online or whatever mm. but for people just be like your book really touched me like that must be yeah. huge for them oh surely surely that must be such an incredible feeling to be like I think I did it once with um Rachel Johns who mm. I love all her books and we chat a bit on Instagram she's so wonderful and I think I can't remember which I've read like oh so many of hers can't even keep count but I it was one of them that I was halfway through and I just like screamed in her DMs about it like I just like I can't even remember what it was about but I was just like how could you like, I was like how dare you make me feel like this she's like yeah sorry about that that's so funny it's like having that like direct and like they don't have to reply like I could just yell into you know they don't need to see my message but like for them to reply and be like oh my God, so funny or like can't believe you liked it or can't believe you felt like this. Like that's such a cool thing to do. Like, you, yeah. What other aspect of, you know, kind of society can you talk to someone who you're like engaging with their work and they're like famous, they are, like they really 
like a celebrity basically mm. like what what other part of society can you like yell at them yeah for something that they've written and have that access to them for them to be able to you know yeah. engage in a conversation with you and for for fiction books that's one that's one thing entirely and the other side of it is too like people that write non-fiction or write memoir and share their stories mm. in really vulnerable ways and the the people that they would reach with those stories and and the the conversations that could come from that mm-hmm. could be so helpful for readers, but also I imagine could be quite cathartic for the for the authors to be able to know, you know, that's reached someone and that that's mm. the, that the work that they've gone to to tell their story has helped people. And it's um yeah, it's a really amazing part of this platform. How wonderful! Like that, we can share in the love with authors for their books and their work, and tell them how wonderful they are, basically, and how wonderful their stories are. But on the flip side to that, do you, I mean, I know I do, but do you have a strong opinion on posting negative reviews and tagging an author? Because this really grates me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that you and I would sit on the same, same mm. side of the fence with this because I just think what's to be gained from from posting a book and, and tagging an author to tell them how shit you think they were here? Like that's yeah. just, it feels just so icky to me it just doesn't make mm. sense I think there is certainly a place for negative reviews or you know DNFing and DNFing as an acronym stands for do not finish in case people don't know what that means <laughs> um but not finishing a book or you know not vibing with a the book there's there's certainly a place for that but mm. there's I don't think there is ever a place for sharing a negative review and tagging the author in it it just it sits so wrongly with me what what do you think yeah, I totally agree. I actually, controversial opinion maybe, but I don't mind negative review. I don't mind a little two-star review every now and then because I feel like when I, like, when I read a two-star review that someone else has posted, A, super interesting if I, you know, liked the book or, like, agreed or whatever, like, awesome discussion point. But B, I also don't feel like Instagram – or, sorry, Bookstagram is – turns into this highlights reel. Like, I don't really want to just post the five-star books I read. Mm. Like, I kind of mm. want to have that discussion about, like, this didn't work for me, this is why, the themes about it, you know, this kind of give, gave me the ick or, like, it wasn't, yeah. you know, this didn't vibe with me. And it, I find that those posts probably create the most discussion. So I, like, not mad about, you know, a two-star review. Don't trash a book, obviously. Like, there's a polite and a proper way to do it, I feel like. Mm. but don't mind a negative review. Do not tag the author. There is no need. No need. No need. Don't tag the author. Don't tag the publisher. Don't like, it's just, it for me, like that is just so shit. Yeah. (laughs) And if, if it's like a review copy too, I think, you know, there's that that old expression of like, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Yeah, there's that. And then how does that go against like the, what's the one? I'm sorry, I'm tripping over my own brain here. Is it all publicity is called publicity? That is not true. You know, sometimes if if there's enough Mm. voices that are saying that something's not great, then people will listen to that. And that's, you know, tagging publishers in that is is not helpful. Like if they've sent you a book and, and you, you know, you're there to sort of help promote it and then you're saying that it's crap like that's not helpful you know no you would rather in those sort of cases I would rather not tag them at all or or refrain from from posting about it but there's definitely a place for people to share if they don't vibe with something it's it's an important which is fine like there's that many books in the world that like you're allowed to not like one of the books you read do you know what I mean that's right we can't set unrealistic expectations that every book you read is going to be a good book exactly but I just think it creates really decent discussion like you and I with you. Fourth Wing. Yeah, for example. <laughs> for example. <laughs> Do you find that being on Bookstagram, your TBR has just gone mental? Yes, it's wild. It's, um, <laughs> I know we talked a little, a couple of episodes ago about historical fiction. So for a long time, mm. that was my favorite type of genre. I, that's what I mostly read alongside a few thrillers and like the old classic and like a few bits and bits. But, my TBR has grown exponentially, but I love that because it's grown mm. in a way that I would not have expected. It's grown in, in a much broader sense than I would yeah. have grown without this platform. Um, I think it's absolutely brilliant that Instagram has given me 
so many more books and genres and authors and series and all of the things that I ever would have been able to sort of pick out for myself along the way. But but alongside that is the realisation that I can't read all the books. Yeah. I'm never That's sad, read the isn't books. it? It's such a sad thought. Whenever people talk to me about how I read so many books, I always talk about intentional reading. I don't mm. I don't tend to read things that I don't think that I'm gonna buy with. I um I pick books that I read quite intentionally because I know that I only have so much time in my reading life and I need to use it well. Yeah, um, I'm very firm on that. I am a very firm believer in a DNF, in a do not finish. Yeah. I think I say this all the time. I was talking to one of the girls at work about it last week. Life's too short for shit books. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. if you're not interested, like don't push through to the end of the book. I'm very big on that. I've got so many wonderful books on my shelf that I want to read. Why would I waste my time reading a book that I'm not feeling? Absolutely. I totally agree with you. Do you find that, do you find a way of which you find new books on Instagram? Like do you read people's reviews and then you add it to the list? Do you see reels or stories or like how do you kind of find books to add? Yeah. I mean, I, I think like anyone, I see books, I, I tend to see books and recognize books that are being posted about often. They they always pique my interest and I wonder what they're about. But I do have those few people that I trust their reading, mm-hmm. their reading and their recommendations so implicitly that sometimes they'll post a picture of a book. I won't even read what they've written. I'm like, I want to yeah. read that. And like, yeah, that's like a done deal. But I think that's about um, aligning yourself with people that have really similar reading tastes to you. And that's, yeah. that's those people for me that I, yeah, I know that if they've read it and loved it, I'm likely going to as well. So exactly. Um, yeah, it can be, but you know, it's also really easy to be like, want to read that, want to read that, want to read that, want to read that. And like, there's just, there's so many. Hence my shelf having over a mm. hundred unread books on it. Oh, I can't even, that makes me feel itchy. I'm actually scratching. I know, I know. Do you know what gets me the worst though? And it gets me all the time. A reel with like good music, good photos, and like one quote from the book. Mm. And if that quote's good, I'm like, download. Like, don't know what it's about. Don't. And that's the book that I just was talking about last week. I actually never finished it. I'm still on my Kindle. My Kindle's <laughs> dead, and I keep forgetting to charge it. It's um that was like a quote that I saw on a reel, and I was like, that looks good. Download. Don't know what's about. I was like, but that quote will come up at some point and it will be good. That's like and how I add to my TBR every six seconds. And it will all make sense when that when that quote comes about. And yeah, that. exactly. That's a really great example of Bookstagram really doing what it's meant to do, right? Yeah. Oh, for <laughs> sure. Like this free publicity on Bookstagram is real. <laughs> mm. I also love the aesthetic reels. Those yeah. Ones, they, they really get me to... Um, one of the first ones I ever saw of that was um, A Simple Wild, the K.A. Tucker book. Yeah. And there was someone posted that. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, this book looks amazing. And then it was amazing. Read it. Read that whole series, everyone. It's incredible. Um, yeah, so good. But I struggled to really picture mm. things and, and visualize visualize what, what is happening and what people look like and for to see a reel like that with like with the general vibe of what the book's about really helps me set the scene. So I really like it in the opposite sense of like when you've read a book and then you see the aesthetic reel and you're like, mm. how are we picturing the same thing? Like that was literally in my head. Like it's exactly the same, which just proves like how good the writing was when you see one of those aesthetic reels and you're like, no, that's what I pictured too. <laughs> Yeah, it's a sign of great writing, that's for sure. Oh, I love it. I love it. Speaking of reels, do you make reels? I don't even know. You do a bit. I go through stages with reels. I I think back when reels first were like a big thing, I tried them and like, shit, they're time consuming. Oh, um, my God, yeah. And then I did this little experiment where for a week I just I posted a reel every day and this was like a year or so ago. I posted a reel every day and – um just out of interest tracked in, like my stats and engagement and, and then at the end I remember of, when you did this yeah I was like this is not worth it like it just yeah the amount of time that it took it just it didn't really change much for me and the engagement's not really like the engagement is a big part of it for me but not not stats wise like I want to be able to just mm. talk to people and if it I can do that through yeah if I can do that through reviews I don't need to do that through reels so I hear the odd um 
the old audio that I'm like, oh, this will make a great reel. I'll save this. Yeah. But like, you know, but then I never really seem to get around to it. So I sort of go through, um, I go through stages with this. But yeah, do you, are you, you don't really make a lot of reels, do you? No, I've made a handful, maybe like, yeah, half a dozen, but I just, I can't do it. Like, they're so hard. I don't, do, people use, do you use Instagram? Do you use like an external? Like, I just find them the hardest thing in the world to do. Mm. Yeah, I've only ever done them with Instagram, but I think a lot of people have some whiz bang apps outside of Instagram. Probably, yeah, I'm sure. Who's got the time? No, who's got the time? I barely post a bloody grid post as if I've got time to post <laughs> a reel. Yeah, let's just slow our roll here, hey? Yeah, let's maybe work on the 40 pending reviews I've got to write. Yes, get back to your spreadsheet, which I think is an amazing commitment. Even a spreadsheet, I love that. That's that's such a you thing. I love that. That's such a me thing. I love I have a spreadsheet for everything. And this <laughs> I've got a spreadsheet for all the books I've ever read going back to 2017 with oh, my wow. author. What does it say? It's like the author, the title, if I've got it on my shelf, on Kindle, borrowed from the library, and my star rating for it from back to 2017. That's amazing. <laughs> I know, which is like, Good, because if someone asks me, have you read this book? And I'm like, no clue. Just a little search in my spreadsheet. Yeah, I have, back in 2019. And I rated it four stars and And I've got it on my shelf. And you use this instead of like a Goodreads or a Storygraph, like this is like your reading tracker, this is what you use. Yeah, yeah. I tried to use Goodreads and I just found it really glitchy and I didn't, I don't know. I was like, I'm already posting reviews on Instagram. I don't need to do it on another app. And I just got app overwhelmed and I was like, no one cares. No one cares about my list. I care about my list. Goodreads is so clunky. I found that so hard to use. I never really posted reviews on Goodreads, but I used that to track my books Um, Mm. until a few months ago where I switched over to Storygraph and I could import my entire Goodreads libraries over to Storygraph and I love it over there. It's, It's really cool, but that might be a topic for another episode, I think, because there's lots to go into about about that, but. We love Bookstagram. We could honestly talk about Bookstagram forever, hey? We really could, but we probably better wrap it up because people are probably sick of hearing us rabbiting on about it. But <laughs> I know. Um, but having said all of that, if there's anything from this episode that you want to know more about or that you feel like we didn't, we didn't go into enough and you want to know more, please reach out to us because we would love to share what we do on Bookstagram and the, the ins and outs of it all with you. So. Mm. Thanks so much for joining us today. Don't forget that our book club episode will be out at the end of September and we are chatting The Things We Leave Unfinished by Rebecca Yaros. Until next time, we are Kate and Soph. And we are Double Booked.